0: Hello friends, and welcome to the midweek edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast, the show which brings you the best hairy ass dirty kebab based chat you can find anywhere. Oh yeah, and we do offer Ipswich Town Insight and Info, you can't get anywhere else as well. I'm your host, Mark Heath, but you're not interested in me, you're really here for the big boys, the main events, so let's get to them straight away. First up, Nature's Hurricane, the man with the beard, Ross Halls, how are you my friend?
1: I completely forgot my name, the wrestling name, not my my name, because I was like thinking, who is that? And then when you said my name, but yeah, all good. Thank you. I do miss a good greasy kebab after a night out. That's one thing I'm definitely missing.
0: Nights out, what are they? <laughs> Don't know. Exactly. Pubs. I-, I vaguely remember them. Sometime 2019. Next up, the Electric Warrior, sporting. An excellent haircut now, Hutchie, with a little cowlick curl at the front. How are you, my friend? Cowlick. Yeah, have you not heard that before?
2: No, I need I need some explanation on that. What what is a cowlick, and
0: where is it on my un- hair? On my I, hair. I understand the cowlick to mean like an extra sort of curl bit in your hair, and you've got it kind of dead. It's dead center of your head. Is Almost like good?
3: a cow has just walked up to you and giving you a big slobbery lick on your fringe. I, and it's I believe. Like
0: it. I believe that's where it comes from, Stewie. You're right. Yeah, mm. is that a good thing? Uh, I, is, I, that, I find it, is it? I, I find it quite endearing. Okay, I'll go with it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm
2: ha- more happy to go with that than the Electric Warrior. I can't see it. I can't see it catching
0: on. You liked it on Monday. Yeah,
2: was... I like. I liked it. Um, I, I just can't. I
0: can't see it. I can't no. see it catching on. We'll go with Cowlick. I like Hutch Hogan. We're going to go back to Hutch Hogan. That's that's you. And finally the big star the main event of main events man like flying funk stuart watson how are you flying funk i don't think that's going to stick either <laughs> would my
3: special move i was thinking about this would my special move be i don't give a f- flying <laughs> funk and that, i don't know what that move would be
0: how would that how would that um kind of materialize in a, in a wrestling move i don't give a that,
3: that would obviously be my kind of i would shout that into the microphone like the rock
0: yeah um, a flying funk has got to be something off the, off the turnbuckle, off, off the top rope.
3: Yeah, off the top rope. Would you yeah. remove, you'd
2: have to remove your elbow pad just to make your elbow extra sharp. Yeah. For, uh, for landing
3: purposes. Uh-huh, for landing a foot away from said person's head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling, so damn, wrestling's, to me.
2: wrestling's rubbish, isn't it? Can, can oh. I just, can I just, can I just, can I just say ooh, that? It's, ooh, it's, it's, ooh. it's terrible.
0: I think, I Is think. It's entertainment. It's certainly entertainment. It's entertaining. Uh, I think The Rock is one of the greatest humans who've, who's ever lived. Certainly one of the greatest orator, orators of our time, right up there with Mandela and Obama and Clinton, I'd say. The Rock. Hillary or Bill? Bill. Okay. And I'd say that to Hillary's face as well. Ooh, you're hard. <laughs> Boys. Enough wrestling chat, enough nonsense. Someone said, actually, on, on, the, on one of the comments, we don't do enough nonsense in the pod anymore. So there you go. A brief journey, brief divergence into nonsense for you there, friend. But let's get straight to the serious stuff and the sexy stuff, boys. On Monday, we, we spoke late on. There were a few hours left to the transfer deadline day. Um, Troy Parrott had signed. We weren't expecting any incomings. And then out of the blue, not just for us, but also for the, the lad involved, Luke Matheson, a young lad from Wolves, headed to town right back can play left back Stuart Watson talk us through this signing how excited do are you want, about this do you want
3: to peek behind the curtain here always that's what we're Transfer about deadline day so I, I said I think I said in that podcast that we recorded about what time do you do that four or five o'clock you said anything else and we went no, I don't think so but I just said Got a sneaky little feeling about a right back you know and this was this was based on a on a hunch and, and A semi educated hunch from little conversations I'd had with people throughout the week that I think I'd said in another transfer video that we'd done that I just think right back is something they might be tempted by. And uh, I got a call around, spoke to someone after we did that pod, pretty much straight afterwards, who chucked the name Luke Matheson out into the ether based on nothing, based on a he might fit the bill. And I convinced myself, I convinced myself that it would be Luke Matheson. I rang Andy, I said, Andy, I just got a feeling about right back. They've been t- a few conversations and Andy went, yeah, you've convinced me. He fits, Yeah, he's, he's not been playing at Wolves. He's done it in League One before. He, he's under the salary cap. And uh, I put in a call to the club. I said, Luke Matheson. And they went, yes, he'd be signing. You better move quickly because we're announcing it at seven o'clock. Wow! Hence why we got it out there at about five minutes to seven. And the web so, was working um, and everything by then. It was yeah, great. it was. So um, there you go. There was there was another deal to be
0: done, and it did it did kind of come late on and out of the blue because the lad himself. I think there's some quotes out there saying he was in the gym doing some extra bits and then got a call and it was all on on like Donkey Kong. Um, Hutchie, what do you make of Luke Matheson? Good signing. From what
2: I've seen of him, he's he's a good young player. I, I watched the game at, at Old Trafford when he scored for for Rochdale that night in the Carabao Cup, and then he he was arguably Rochdale's best player when when Ipswich beat them at Scotland in in November 2019 as well. He was 16 then, 18 now. Um, yeah, he, he clear, clearly he's a really really talented young player. There's the big debate about loans, which we're going to go into in quite a lot of detail in a bit, hopefully. So I won't go into that now, but in isolation, they need a right back. that can do a few more of the things that KVY can do and he, and he can do that. And, and they needed to have a player under the age of 20, essentially. Mm. So uh, just like the parrot deal, it's it, with, with the, with the space and, and funds and, and things
0: they had available, then you can't do an awful lot better. I wouldn't say. Hmm. Stewie what can we deduce from the signing obviously here's a right back Town have a right back at the moment who's not really a right back he's a he's getting on for a pensioner uh, as a defender Luke Chambers um, can we deduce from the Matheson signing that Chambers is going to move back inside perhaps and, and Matheson is going to make that right back slot his own what do you reckon? It's
3: what it feels like to me um, <clears throat> as well as uh, we've talked about this as well as Luke Chambers and Stephen Ward started the season I think both have, have faded away Um Perhaps understandably, their pension is in fullback terms, no doubt about it. I think you can centre back's another issue. You see a lot of 35, 36-year-old centre backs, um, because you're just not covering as much ground at centre back. So um Ward obviously dropped out of the team last weekend. Kenlock came in and I thought added a bit of extra dynamism to that that fullback role that we've been calling out for if this 433 system is gonna work, and um I would imagine that Luke Matheson will, will go in at, at right back, whether it's straight away this weekend or not. We'll wait and see. But um, it feels to me like that will enable Luke Chambers to, to move inside, um, provide that little experienced head at centre-half, because at the minute there's um, Wolfend and McGuinness partnership, although both have got qualities. I think maybe both w- would benefit from from having a more senior head alongside them. So... I can see Chambers going inside and then it will be a case of which of the youngsters is picked alongside him. Um there'll obviously be a, a fair amount of controversy if it ends up being
0: Arsenal's borrowed mm.
3: player playing ahead of your own young asset um in Luke Wolfenden. But um we'll see which way that one goes.
0: What are you saying, Rossi? Matheson on the right, your boy Miles Kenlock on the left, rampaging up <laughs> and down the flanks. Can you see that happening? Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't I don't mind that because
0: um, to have two
1: 35 year olds fullbacks is just that that would never happen at any other club at this level. Maybe, you know, non league, you know, let them do whatever they want to do. No respect to non league, but um, yeah, oh, I do like this signing to be fair. This Matheson guy, because um, when we normally get loans in from Premier League clubs who are that age, you go, Who with this guy? You know, Hutchie's already mentioned the main United goal and. He was definitely the standout player when we went to Rochdale, uh Bonfire Night and all that, all the fireworks going off. Uh, Danny Rowe scoring, uh to bring a bit of context into that game. Uh yeah. He's gonna be he's definitely gonna be more quicker than Chambers. Um and you know, may may get involved and maybe score some goals as well, possibly.
0: Can Which, I go uh, on? The, can I go on the record now and say I already love Luke Matheson? He's he's got he's got the youthful exuberance and enthusiasm. Uh God. That interview he did with town where he said he, he he's a sort of player who never stops running never gives up even if his lungs are burning and his legs are dead he's still going to give you his all um and he looks about 10 as well hmm. you just want to kind of pat him on his head and go oh nice one luke yeah you keep running mate have a little sweetie um
3: he's but, quite a um <clears throat> he's got He's he's been stuck to his education throughout all of this i remember He obviously sort of came to everybody's attention when he scored the goal at Old Trafford in in the (laughs) Cup for for Rochdale. And after the game, he was talking about being back at school the next day and how important sort of finishing his education was to him. And I did interview with with Ralph Pruden uh, during the first lockdown, who is the former Ipswich women's manager and now oversees the educational side of things at the club. And he used Luke Matheson as a real example of... um, how attitudes of young players are, are changing and how they, they've they kind of used Luke as an example to their current crop of young players about how it's important to have interests outside of football, to have not necessarily a plan B, because plan B makes it sound like you're kind of preparing to fail, but just having other irons in the fire. And I think football, young footballers' attitudes towards all that has changed. And Luke Matheson's been a bit of a poster boy for that. So he seems like quite a, an intelligent, switched on young man. Um, has clearly done pretty well in League One so far at Rochdale. The only question mark against him is that he's gone to Wolves and it sounds like he's not even been getting regular game time for their under-23 so far. So I don't know what the background is behind that and how match-ready he'll be, but he's he's 18 years old and uh, you know an 18-year-old should be able to uh, to come in and, and uh, churn out the games, I would imagine. He had an injury during pre-season which kept him out for
2: or whatever pre-season ended up being for Wolves under 23s. So I think that that played a part in the lack of games that he's had. But it it does sound like he's got back to to fitness and he's not signed with any injury concerns or anything like that. But that might just be the reason why he's not played as often as
0: maybe he might have expected. Yeah, he does seem very switched on as well in in the bits that I've seen with him. He seems like an intelligent, grounded young man. Actually, the elephant in the room that we have to discuss, of course, is that he is a Norwich City fan um, from a family of Norwich City fans. Uh, I've seen some town fans already saying this is going to be a problem. It's not, though, is it? He doesn't really care.
2: Well, I'd, yeah, if if you let it be a problem, I'd say that's that's on you. It's clearly yeah. not a problem to him. He. He's he's bang up for it by by all accounts. It's his dad who's the Norwich fan, really. Um, right. And Luke's been a, a professional footballer since he was fifteen, and and had been working towards being a fo- professional footballer well before that. Living up in Manchester, so he's not been like sat and wearing yellow and green in the Barkley end every every week <laughs> with a season ticket or anything like that. He's not he's not captain Canary, yeah. Um, if yeah, if you let that worry you, I, I would say that that's on you. This is uh this shouldn't be a problem at all. He's a he's a young footballer who who's clearly very excited to come and play for Ipswich, which is which is exactly what they needed from from these loans.
0: So uh, no, don't let don't let that worry you. Excellent, Luke Matheson. Chat done. Now then, Stu, On Monday also, we talked on the pod about um, Jack Lancaster potentially leaving on loan for Salford. That didn't materialise. There was also a Caden Jackson to Huddersfield thing, which. Unfolded late, late, late on. We'll come we'll, we'll speak to Hutchie about that. But um, Lancaster, Stewie, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was a,
3: a, a bid or an inquiry, never even sort of emerged. It was something that I, <clears throat> I was told earlier in the day um, that Salford were potentially interested in. And when I spoke to people at the club, they said that if the right loan move came up for Jack, then they wouldn't stand in his way. And I think Salford w- would have been seen as a good loan move for him with um, where they are in League Two and the style of football they play under Richie Wellens. But but ultimately, um, that never that never sort of got converted into a, a formal bid for uh, whatever reason. So Jack's still here now. I think that's a shame. Um, I look at the players that are in his way now. You've got Luke Thomas, is obviously kind of the, the one to play right wing. I would imagine sort of, Judge would, would be the sort of second choice option out there, wide right, rightly or wrongly. Um, Edwards can obviously sort of play on that side as well. So there, there are various options for those wide roles. Um, and it's a shame because Jack Lancaster's obviously missed a good sort of 18 months of football now, probably approaching two years with, with back injuries. Um, I would have liked to see him go out and, and get games. Um but uh, he's here and he'll compete for a place. And you, you never know; the, the games will come thick and fast. And I'm sure um, the door will open for him at some stage. You never know; there might be a flurry of injuries at some point, and uh, and he's back in again. Because, um, like everybody, I think we're all um, we all see Jack as having a very bright future at this football club.
0: Mm. And actually, Caden Jackson, we talked about on Monday um, being linked with a move away after the window had slammed shut. There was a bit of a development there, so just just bring us up to speed with, with KJ. Huddersfield had an absolute nightmare of a
2: deadline day. Um, they must have tried to sign six strikers, of which I believe Caden was was number six um, on that on that list, um, but ended up getting nothing. Um, Lee Gregory was one. Lukas Jukovic was another. Um, Durmich from Norwich was one um Matt Smith at Millwall another one you couldn't get more different to Caden Jackson than Matt Smith at Millwall but there you go they eventually came they eventually came knocking about half past 10 on Monday night with a with a loan offer with I believe there was a willingness in there to to pay a small loan fee 500 grand to make it permanent and then another some more top ups which would have taken it past a million pounds if if Caden had been involved in a promotion push uh, promotion win during the course of the contract but it, it was just ridiculously late but I think I led to believe Marcus Evans just ignored
0: it and uh, and moved on it was it was far far too late to be getting a deal done mm. Okay then that is transfer deadline day wrapped up there is obviously a wider debate to be had about loans which we're going to do with input from yourselves the KOA army um, by way of kicking that off Brad who I believe is one of our game day extra time posse Roscoe um, question for you he says which loan signing do you think will have the biggest impact
1: Ooh, i hope it's parrot because we need goals um i don't know if he will do that uh, i think matheson if he does start i think we'll just add that something different at right back yeah um and who else is there
0: harrop
1: yeah harrop hopefully will be the set piece guy because um, currently our set pieces are dreadful um I'm naming everybody
0: now. I'm going to say, um, you just Matheson. basically said everyone there, mate. He said, which which one? <laughs>
1: um Matheson.
0: Yeah? Yeah, why
1: not? Yeah.
0: Okay, let's go with Matheson. Stewie, today, uh, online and in print tomorrow, and also yesterday, there was there were some quotes from Leo Neal kicking around about the whole loans issue, which we kind of touched on on Monday, but I want to get into a bit more now, because it is, it is definitely an issue. Town are now at the max number of loans. Um, You can have Uh, when Lambert came in. He he kind of said that that's not a route that he'd be going down. He'd want to develop the club's own players and he wouldn't bring loans in. And that's certainly the way he started. But now we're in a situation where we've got all these loans coming in. just just start by kick, kicking us off with your thoughts on, on the whole loan debate um, and, where, and where, where we are with Town. Is, is it a valid argument with Town? We, we talked about Troy Parrott coming in. He's clearly of a higher level than perhaps the likes of Tyrese Simpson and Zach Brown, the, the younger guys who may come through from the youth team. But is there an argument elsewhere that, that loans are blocking Town's own players?
3: Um, in, in short, I'm OK with it at this current juncture. I think Paul couldn't have been clearer when he first came in, that he wanted to get away from loans. Obviously, the first window is a is a kind of let's try anything we can to get out of this mess. As they were battling relegation, they brought in four loans. It took them too long to get them up to speed. They went down. He then makes it very clear that summer that this club needs to get away from from loans. It's akin to throwing money in the street. Um, we need to develop, develop our own players. Um, reiterated that in, in an interview with myself where he went sort of a stage further and said, if that if we want to keep going down the six, seven loans route every year, kind of a, a managerial self-preservation mode, then I'm not the man. Marcus may as well get rid of me now. Um, so he couldn't have been clearer that that's, that's the plan. But in fairness to Paul Lambert, uh, and the people are queuing up to knock him at the moment, um, I'm not sure that this is a stick you can beat him with because the whole f- landscape of football has completely and utterly changed over the last 12 months, just as the whole world has turned upside down. that We know, obviously, the COVID situation and behind closed doors football and, and money has dried up. If you look across the entirety of certainly the lower divisions, there's not a great deal of deals being done permanently or, or certainly for money. Um, the salary cap as well is a, is a massive thing. So, um I think it was Needs Must. But the fact that we're going into a January transfer window in Ipswich Town's second season in League One, halfway through another season that's slowly sliding away, and we're talking about Ipswich frantically trying to improve their squad on the final day of deadline days is, is a pretty damning indictment of kind of where they're at. They should never have been in a position where they're where they were sort of scrabbling around to to grab a few sticking plasters really. So um I'm sure you'll read out a few thoughts from from people there was one that caught my eye from from Joe fairs um that sort of said in isolation, all of these deals can probably be um justified, but sort of as a whole I can't remember the term he used it it's kind of it sums up the kind of perhaps the the mess of recruitment that's led us to this
0: this point which it, it's <clears throat> probably a fair point. Shit all over my segue there, Stewie. Thanks. Sorry, my friend. Um, <laughs> he said, "Would you agree that all deals on their own can be justified on an individual basis, but the big picture, when you step back and look at the squad, is a mess of recruitment? After the manager has had five transfer windows, Hutchie. a mess.
2: It's like it's like um, it's like the the mess that Paul Jewell left behind. In many in many ways, it's like a a, a patched up squad. I think." The, the team that the team that started at crew at the weekend had four um four Lambert signings in. There were more players in that team that were given debuts by Mick McCarthy than than him. Um and then some Paul and then some Paul Hurst in there as well and and one Paul Jewel with Luke Chambers, the legacy. Um yeah, it's it is a mess, isn't it? It's 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 window to window, kind of taking each window as it comes. It doesn't feel like there have been too many signings that have been building block signings. Mm. Um, in terms of team building along the way, it's kind of been like the last, the last two years have had rent rented left backs essentially with Luke Garbutt being one. And then Stephen Ward on a, albeit a permanent deal, but it was always, always looked like it probably would be a one year deal. There's been no long-term solution kind of sought there. Um, it does feel like a bit of a mess, but I think, like Joe said in in that tweet, you can needs must right now. All four of those loan signings are justified, aren't they? It just shouldn't have been shouldn't have been that way in in transfer window number five. Hmm. Um, a few
0: more thoughts in from carry army. Harvey Davis, friend of the show, sweet Welsh prince. Says, I'm pretty pleased with the loans considering the market. We're now operating due to salary cap constraints, etc. Matheson excites me the most, I have to say. It eases the pressure on KVY being rushed back too. Um, Ben Diath, the loans are not ideal, but the quality we've signed is excellent. Credit where credit is due. The club has been criticised for many reasons, but I think we should be excited to see these players play and hope they make a difference for us. I won't hold my breath. Kevin says, I personally feel Lambert's brought these young players in because our own aren't good enough. And does the fact that no one came in to loan them back that up? James Johnson, double J. I could jinx this by saying it, but I personally think the loans we have, if they perform like they've done at previous clubs, can help us get promotion. I don't care if they're loans. think it helps us get back in the championship. I'm all for it. Um, Joe Fairs we've already spoken about. Chris from East London, tractor boy, um, says, if Stu and Andy get a chance to interview Leo Neal, can they ask why we couldn't have deregistered some players? Who aren't anywhere near the first team, like Scoose, Kvy, Hughes, etc. That would have freed up wages to sign players to get us to the next level. Is that something that's a realistic thing that Town could Town could look at doing? Um, it
3: could have, yeah. <laughs> when they say that it was there was no other options, that that was another option. That's what they did to get Harrapin. You know, they moved, they cut Donasian, and they brought Harrapin and they they could have done that again if they wanted. Um, not sure about cutting Kane Vincent Young because you're hopeful that he's still got a role to play this year, but. I'll be very interested to see how many appearances Skoos, Hughes, and Freddie Sears make between the three of them between now and the end of the season. I would, if I was a betting man, I would say not many. Um, so you could have deregistered them, whether, whether even if nobody wanted to take them off your hands, you can just deregister them, and that, that would have given you their combined wages. You could have you could have done all three of them and used their three combined wages to go and go out and get a within context marquee signing for, for League One level. Mm. Um but would that have got you anything head and shoulders above Parrot and Matheson, that standard of player? I'm I'm not sure. January's always a difficult time to sign players. The players you'll you're signing you're getting for a reason. They've either been out injured or they're they're not in the picture at at their clubs. And then you've and then you've got and this perhaps shouldn't be a consideration, but the, then you've got two or three players that are turning up for training every day knowing that they're essentially not part of the squad and that can if you've got two or three of them that can that can drag the mood down a little mm-hmm. bit and that can mm-hmm. kind of spread throughout the camp so I'm sure that that was a factor as well
2: you'd have to keep them away wouldn't you if you is, is would it have been he- in that scenario let's use me Hughes is it healthy for him to come in and train every day for anybody uh, I, I don't know if that was a barrier for not doing it, whether or not wanting to simply cut someone adrift like that. But to me, that wouldn't be hugely, hugely healthy. Just having Emir, as an example, coming yeah. in and training every single day with with no chance of playing no, whatsoever. It, it wouldn't,
3: but the argument would be there's no room for sentiment. The stakes are high here. And if you think that those players are going in the summer anyway, then it's, it's a hard nosed business. And if that's the right thing to do, then that's what they should have done. But. I, I imagine that the barrier to it was probably thinking, OK, even if we suddenly had five grand a week to play with for wages, what what can we get for that? Um, I, I look at some of the senior strikers that moved about in the window to League One clubs, people like Will Greer, Omar Bogle, Jaden Stockley. We'll find out if any of those are, are better than Troy Parrott. Let's hope that Troy Parrott, who has got, you know, a bird burgeoning reputation for a young man who's made his international and premier league debuts at the age of 17. Let's hope he, he lives up to the hype here. Let's let's find out. Mm.
0: Question for you, Hutchie from our old friend view from the U2, Matt uh, from the game day, extra time posse. Um, he says, question for you all with Leo Neil's statement today regarding loans being a necessity rather um, during the pandemic to strengthen rather than develop our own. Can you ever see town making bargain signings from abroad again? from the likes of Holland, Germany or the Scandinavian countries. Hence, perfect for you, Andy. I long for the mm. days of a Tariko Peta or Ulenbeek to worship. I'd love, a, I'd love to see a sign a Dutch striker like the wonderfully named Jiz Hornkamp from Den Bosch. Cheers, Matt. What do you reckon? I mean, overseas signings, are they out of the question now for town?
2: I don't think they're out of the question. Bre- Brexit is going to be an added layer of complica- yeah. um, um, complication. Complication. <coughs> On, on signing players like that. Um, Ipswich haven't had a great record with those of late, have they, with players like Biner and um, Larsen Touré. They're the kind of punt, punts from abroad that we're talking about here. Um, sometimes they come off, sometimes sometimes they don't. It's, it's been a while since one's come off, but I, I would say that Brexit is going to make that that harder. Yeah.
3: Okay.
0: There's a um, player called Giz Horn Hornkamp.
2: Yeah, he's a striker. Yeah, he's too. scoring a lot of goals as well.
0: He scored a hat trick at the weekend. Jizzing all over the place. No. That's bad. Um, yeah, Jiz Horncamp, Den Bosch, striker. Look, look for his highlights, very good player. Would very fit well. Player. Would fit well with the nickname of uh, the culture of nicknames here Kings of Anger if he did sign for town. Um I'm I'm not sure.
3: We could have Jizzy and Drizzy up front.
0: Yes, yes, the dri- the Jiz and Driz show. You're on it, Stu. Yes, all over it. Um Let's, let's take a few more thoughts. I want to talk a bit more about loans. Um, Andrew B says, the loans seem like good business in the circumstances, but the question is whether they'll make a big enough difference to make the playoffs. Um, uh, where are we? Speak amongst yourselves while I scroll down, boys.
3: Keep scrolling. When when Andy said about the, the biners and the... Um, Last, last, and Torre. I mean, they they were basically the the scouting process. There was, I think, Kevin Brew was the first to rock up and said, I think with Last and Torre. Oh, by the way, I've got a mate who's quite good. Can he come in for a trial? That was that was the scouting process behind that. Yeah, it's hardly. Um, we've been keeping a close eye on on the uh, the foreign market for a while, and and you know we're ready to move on this. So. They just don't have the scouting network Ipswich at the moment, and the, the lower lower down the leagues, the harder that becomes. But nowadays, with Y Scout and all the digital tools that you've got, you you can scout the foreign leagues from from base camp if you want to. Lincoln have signed Louis Montsma, a 22 year old Dutch defender, who already within six months they're talking about being a seven figure player. That's destined to to move up already. So. Um, it's, yeah, for me, it's a shame that they don't look closer to, the, to that market, especially with Paul's German links that we hear about all the time. Um, you'd think that that was a market that they might be able to tap into, just like our feathered, feathered friends up the road. Hmm.
2: They, yeah, that, that is a massive conversation in itself, isn't it? The comparisons to Norwich's kind of recruitment and scouting are, are pretty stark, aren't they? You, you can tell with Norwich that they're, they're already thinking two or three players down the line, kind of in every position. It feels like that there's there's a replacement lined up. They've signed a left back from Greece, I think, in this in this transfer window. They have, um, but yeah, it it does feel like the thinking is so much more joined up and so so much more long term up there. It's um, obviously not not something you look on hugely excitedly with, with Ipswich eyes to see that how well Norwich are doing things, but but they really are. It, it's all joined up. There's lots of thought and And it's long term it's it's not it does feel at Ipswich now that it's just right this is the transfer window right now, what do we need and then you play mm-hmm. that I get play that game again in in August and again in january and it for a manager that's been in a job two and a half years now you you would think in so many ways that this it should be so much more down the line. Than it is, mm. and so much more joined up. But it, yeah, you talked it, about it just isn't.
3: Sandy. I mean, I always think about sort of pieces of the jigsaw falling into place, and it's almost like, right, what is our priority this window? What's the what's the main priority? Right, we sort of striker out, and then okay, we've got Norwood in. Now, now you know, next window, I think we now need to move on to left back, and that you know, it's just and you read. I've read stuff about sort of Premier League managers having war rooms. I think David Moyes has a a secret war room where they've got up on a big board the sort of the depth chart of what they've got. And you're planning three, four, five, six windows ahead, um, looking at what you've got coming through and where the gaps are and stuff like that. And as Andy says, the the vibe that we get from Ipswich is it's almost um, window by window.
0: It's very much a throwback to the days of Jewel, isn't it? That kind of feeling. Um, I very much like the idea of a secret war room, boys. I think that's something we're going to have to incorporate into our own strategy. Chris Miles, for me, the loans were a necessity. Far from ideal to block the progression of our own youngsters, but we're at a sliding doors moment for this football club. I genuinely fear for us if we don't get promoted this year, as the apathy and standard will be 10 times worse than it is now. And just finally on Loans, Sam Rogers at least rolled the dice, but it's a desperate move. Evidently, our coaching staff are incapable of making the attacking element of 4-3-3 work. Replacing players is all they have left. The only hope is Harrop, Parrot, Thomas, etc. can figure something out. It's a big ask. I want to finish the Loans chat, just generally, Stu, by getting into, into specifics about blocking players. Are there any players at town... Young players, I'm talking about, who whose paths you would say are being blocked. We have said we've spoken about Troy Parrott and the young, the young strikers, clearly not quite of his level. Um, and Matheson obviously isn't really blocking anyone uh, right back if he comes in and plays there. Um, but there's definitely, I, I would say, an argument elsewhere. Would you with, with the likes of McGuinness and and, um, and and maybe people blocking Lancaster as well? What do you what do you reckon?
3: The the only two now going forwards between now and the end of the season who I think will have reduced minutes because of these lone players will be Jack Lancaster and Armando Dobra. They're the only two genuinely that I think are, are going to have minutes taken away from them by these lone players who have, you know, when you start comparing them player by player, will, will Luke Thomas be that much better than Jack Lancaster playing wide right? We don't know yet. Um Dobr,a he's raw, he's got raw edges, but, you know, could he have played as a a 10 or wide right instead of a a Harrop or a Thomas? Again, we'll we'll find out. But they're the only two that I honestly think are having pathways blocked at the moment. Because when you start talking about people like Tyrese Simpson and Zach Brown and um, Dylan Crowe, potentially at right back, um, these aren't guys that have have had plenty of first team minutes, not just at Ipswich, but they haven't gone away and had really big loans and, and come back yet. Um, for me and everything we hear from, from people at the club is that those sort of guys just aren't ready at the moment. And if, when I see people saying throw Tyrese Simpson in or play Dylan Crow, um, if Ipswich did that very, very quickly, you'd hear people saying there's a real lack of ambition here at this football club. So, I haven't got a massive issue with with people being blocked, if I'm honest, at this moment in time.
0: Okay, right. We'll, we'll move on to general questions now in mailbag, and I've got one that's that's made for Ross. He's sitting there shaking his shaking his head at the the concept of, of playing Dylan Crow. Was that Ross? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Have, has anybody actually seen Dylan Crow play? Like, you know, because <laughs> he's verified on Instagram or Twitter, and he's got you know he's played for England under youth level, like. Have you actually seen him
0: play? But anyway, move on. <laughs> this is, a good, this is a question made for you, Ross, from Dylan. What's the weirdest food? <laughs> is, it, is it from Dylan Crow? Yeah. Yeah. What is Ross's problem with me? From Dylan, um, he says, "What is the weirdest food combination you've ever tried that has actually worked?" He says, "For me, it's got to be a mince pie with melted cheese on top." Which sounds so mental, it might work. Ross, you're a man of uh, of various food discoveries. What's the most mental food combination you've ever tried that's worked?
1: Oh, Can
2: you come back to me?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll throw it open to the floor. (laughs) Hachi, I bet you've got some some interesting ones.
2: Can I tell you something that definitely doesn't work? Yeah. That I've tried. Um, So you know how red wine gravy is nice, right? Yeah. Ribena gravy is not (laughs) (laughs) spice.
0: What? Why would you even take that?
2: Doesn't work. Why
0: would you try that?
2: Just berries and that.
0: Uh, Grapes. Have you, got, have, yeah. you tried it, have you tried it with vimto
2: uh, i don't really like vimto so <laughs> that was your
3: idea of a non-alcoholic
0: yeah person. yeah but obviously the... when, you, when yeah. you put red wine in gravy that the alcohol is is cooked off it doesn't it doesn't remain in there just wanted to try it doesn't you work just, you just, just wanted to just try it. famously work. of course famously of course from days of of law um hutchie you were a big fan of the baked potato with uh what was it gravy and, and mustard, and mustard. There you go. That's a that's an interesting combination. But
2: what is the problem? I honestly don't know what the problem
0: with that is. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, no problem. Whatsoever. I'm going to say something about food combinations that um, everyone goes on about. Chocolate and chili con carne sauce doesn't work for me. Don't like it at all. Emperor's new clothes time. Suey, what about you? Food food combinations. We know you're a big fan of uh, chili and chips. You told us at the weekend. Um, I've
3: said else? this before, I think, but little little splash of vinegar on your uh, your Brussels sprouts. Thank
0: you yeah. yeah, nice. Rossi, have you thought of one? No, uh, I sound really
1: boring. I don't I don't really know. I probably, <laughs> that,
2: probably have. I probably have. Yeah. You pay people to make your food now, don't you? Is that is yeah, that so you're much, essentially so. buying your food in from top chefs, so you don't need to yeah. you don't need to worry yourself about this kind of thing anymore. Someone's doing yeah, it right
0: I'm for sure, the aren't they? Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, my girlfriend
0: is there you go. <laughs> back at back at uni when I was at uni for a year before I dropped out to be a be a, a, a low paid journalist. Um, I used to take a pot noodle, chicken and mushroom, whatever it was, cook that up, whack it on a plate, and then I used to empty a can of tuna on top of it. Oh, <laughs> that's, oh that's,
2: no, that's awful.
0: <laughs> now looking back, I, I I'd like to I'd like to walk back through time to to slap eighteen year old Heath right in the face for that. Uh, but at the time, I enjoyed it. And I think the thinking was because I was athletic at the time. Um, lots of protein in the tuna, carbs in the noodles, and also I wasn't very good at cooking, so that was that was easy and quick. Um, but there you go. That that was my. That's something that stands out for me as a as a rank food combination. Any other, any more for any more boys before we move on? No. What shall take I've on
1: batter, battered Mars bars? I've like, never I like had battered Mars bars.
0: I've never had one, but I'd imagine they're just filthy enough that I would probably enjoy it. I like it. You like it. Um Tom Baines wants to know: it's a bird thing question due to Mr. Parrot. If you were a pigeon, who would you drop a dirty bomb on?
3: <laughs> are we are we taking this as like is that are we deigning them with good luck,
0: or is oh, it, no, is it, it is. just
3: a dirty protest? Because we could look oh, at this course. two ways.
0: Yeah, there is there is that that kind of myth, isn't there? That if um if a bird scats on you it's good luck I don't know who would you want to bespoke good luck by by dropping a bomb on them boys I'd just
2: do a tour of world monuments yeah yeah just it would make it would make my round the world in 80 dumps uh (laughs) significantly easier
0: have you got the publishing deal for
2: that yet by the way because it's it's still no one's taking it no one's taking it I think it must be the pandemic it's just kind of put people off new projects isn't it edgy Edgy pod, pro, uh, projects like that. But if I was a bird, it would just make it so much quicker and easier to get around and uh, just do it on the monument rather than in the than, monument
0: than, than in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leaf wants to know uh, from the sublime to the ridiculous, from shitting on people to an actual proper question. Leaf wants to know hypothetically, when managerial changes happen, how much notice do you guys get in a peek behind the curtain sort of way? Um, it kind of varies, doesn't it? I mean, Mick McCarthy. Walking away was completely out of the blue. Paul Hurst, I think we discussed on Monday, we were well up on that and Lambert coming in. We we had all that ready to go before the, the website went down. Um, it it kind of just depends, doesn't it, Stewie?
3: Yeah, it just all depends on the, uh, the strength of your contacts at that given time. I think Mick, we knew that things were kind of heading a certain way with Mick, didn't we? But the, the first I honestly knew of it is as I was walking up to the press conference after that Barnsley game And somebody who worked at the club said you might want to get your photographer in the room. Mm. And uh, I thought, hang on, something's happening here.
2: Even before that, because that was obviously the actual exit. He, they announced that he was leaving um, several weeks previously, didn't they? And the first that was out
0: out of the blue, though, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, that was we just saw. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I just saw a tweet in the office, but. The, the the club the club don't come to us and, and just say wink wink nudge nudge guys um, the manager's leaving like Stu said it, it's down to strength of, of contacts and and timing and things and things like that it's not something that we just get get given by the club and sort of keep our mouths shut
3: the first one we got that was a phone call on the way back from the Leeds game. Was it the, No, midweek. It yeah, Leeds, Leeds, the last game? yeah Le- Leeds. So, obviously, the club, had, we now know in hindsight that the club had kind of made the decision off the back of the QPR game and he was a kind of a dead man walking going into that that Leeds game. But we kind of found out on the journey back from there. We're kind of all ready to, to move on that one. So, we kind of, um, sometimes we get a heads up, sometimes we don't. So, we'll see what happens this time around if and when something happens.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I want to take a couple more because there's a couple. There's a couple of good ones. I really want to get to Jack McLean, friend of the show, formerly Jack Slider, now journalism student, inspired by us boys. Um, is he no longer into food? Because if he's not, is that a new is that a new Twitter account? No, it's still the same guy. He's just he just changed his name from Jack Slider mm. to his actual name. Okay, I'll, I'll make a decision over whether that needs fresh
2: friend of the show status or not in a minute. I'll see what. So deactivating. Well no I'm just no no I'm not, I'm not I'm not saying anything i'm just I'm just saying that you know don't don't just change who you are uh, and and your and your purpose, your reason for being friend of the show, which was culinary expertise yeah don't don't just whip that away and expect to necessarily and i'm not i'm not prejudging this either way. hold on to your status that's all I'm saying I think some but, of these friends of the show just need to get just just remember how high in office it is
0: there's a few of them sleeping on the job let's be there, right. are. there so, are i'm looking at you little melon man where have you, where have you gone mm. number eight uh, and also the pin hey mm. the pin. Mm. where are you where yes yeah exactly um jack mclean wants to know. anyway boys what given all the signings what would your initiation song be and why ross i'm going to come to you on this you must i bet you've got a song your go-to karaoke song
1: yeah acorn smack that of course
0: <laughs> or baby cakes uh
1: baby cakes through a kind um i was um for some reason it's not not bad for you. i was i was listening to a lot of queen the other day nice and i was i think like radio gaga is up there is one of my favorites but then also bicycle 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 <laughs> I was like, I don't think I've heard that for a long while. So I think any Queen song. You
0: cannot whack a bit of Queen when it comes to karaoke. Obviously, Massively overrated. What? Queen? Yep. Defend that ridiculous statement. I think it's massively overrated. you think Queen are massively overrated? Yep. The, great, the greatest front man of all time, Freddie Mercury. Novel-
2: it's novel- novelty music.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> good Lord. Dear oh dear Hutchie, you've gone, you've gone right down in my estimation there. Um, I, I suppose you'd you promote some kind of Scandy crap over Queen, would you?
2: Uh, my initiation song, I'd probably do Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Queen, Queen isn't my bag. I appreciate I appreciate all they've done for the musical world. Um,
0: Everyone likes Queen.
2: Why? Apart from you, because you just got to be different. Just, I don't really like it very much. Not your mm.
0: vibe. No, and that's all I've got for you on that. Fair enough. C- C- don't at me. Our old, our old friend Sindra, by the way, points out your nickname should actually be Scandy Warren, which I quite like. Works well. My um, karaoke song back in the day, when I used to go out and used to be able to go to bars and stuff, was always "Boom Shake the Room" by the Fresh Prince. <laughs> Cla- <laughs> classic. Oh um, my goodness! What are you saying, man? That's a great tune. Go um, on then. Go on then. I'm not dropping it now. I can't remember the words, Watson. What are you saying?
3: Um, I have been known to do a bit of jet. Are you going to be my girl? You can do. Nice. you can just get a bit shouty with that. Yeah. Um, and, and as I revealed in the group chat the other day, I, I do know all the rap to, um, <laughs> little, little John's, but part of, of ushers. Yeah.
0: That's so um, niche. That is so niche.
3: <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it's just stuck in my head and it's,
0: and you're very good at it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm still reading from that, that Queen uh, statement from, from Hutchie. Right, two more to go, boys. T- uh, one serious one from our old friend David Flischer. He says, at a time when we can't go, why aren't the club doing more to keep fans engaged? Loss of the routine is going, going, sorry, is surely a serious issue for the future and requires some proactive engagement to minimise. I do think this is a, this is a good question, a genuine issue. I mean, if you're a season ticket holder at the moment, paying for games you can't go to um, and you're getting a kind of shady i follow feed with with camera angles and bad commentary that kind of stuff um what do you reckon did the, should the club be doing more Hutchie? i think it's the biggest issue they
2: face yeah. and I, and i'm not sure if it's quite if they've quite recognised how big an issue it was that the gates that they were getting pre sort of pre lockdown were what were they around kind of 18,000 were we at, at around there 17 18 was that where it was at Stu? kind of before everything shut down
3: yeah i think so i've kind of like lost, that. lost track of it obviously it rose didn't it in the first part of last season but it I'll dropped back down, you're down
2: talking. a little while i'm while i continue to rabbit it on but um i don't i don't think it would be anywhere near that now if if the if the for, for a variety of reasons if the if portman road was suddenly open this weekend and all, all was well. I, I honestly don't know how many people would go. Um, and the loss of the routine thing, my, my dad and my brother are two, two examples that I use um, as a good barometer of things. Um, they have had season tickets together at Ipswich for 20 years and, and between them, they haven't watched a single I follow game. Um, they, they didn't renew their season tickets, which I'm sure plenty of people didn't, and I completely understand that, mm. and haven't watched a single game. And they can't be the only ones, and that, that has to be a real worry for the club. I don't really know how they can have could have engaged fans more. They could have done more in terms of um, being a, a little more open about refunding policies and, and what being a season ticket holder actually means during this time, because... It's see, it's just kind of trundling along. It's like, yep, you've got a season ticket, and it means you can sit in front of your laptop at three o'clock on a Saturday, which, which isn't the most inviting of of ways to enjoy football. And it doesn't seem like an awful lot more was was has been done to to make those season ticket holders feel special and feel mm. feel that their loyalty is is being appreciated and and rewarded because that's that's a massive thing to keep. To still be a season ticket holder now. Uh, like fair play to anybody that that still is, because you've not got your money's worth out of that, have you? No,
0: nowhere near. Nowhere close. Not even,
2: not even
3: close.
0: Yeah. Last Sorry, home Tim.
3: attendance, um, the Coventry game was eighteen eight. So it was around that sort of figure. The Fleetwood game was midweek, so that was fifteen six. Um nineteen Indeed. for the nineteen, nineteen so, yeah, around the sort of 19 to 20 mark, the Peterborough game, the 4-1 game was actually 21,000 for that game was at it the start really? Of February last year. so wouldn't
0: be anywhere near say, that now, would it? No,
3: yeah. it wouldn't. And, and there'll be a lot of people that say, that's it, I've had enough. I've been a season ticket holder for X number of years. And some will go through with that, but many won't because supporting the club, it's in their blood, it's what they do. And they'll when the moment comes to kind of renew, many will those doubts will go away and they'll do it because it's the hope that kills you and they'll they'll find a way to 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 find some positivity in there. But the ones that the, the people that the club need to worry about are the floating fans. The ones that kind of come and go and, and maybe get hooked into it because they'll be the ones that have that have drifted away from this football club. Um and yeah, it's those sort of people that you need to kind of convert into diehards, and they've not done enough of that in, in recent years. So it's going to be very interesting post all of this, what what the attendances are to start
0: with. What could fans? What could sorry the club be doing for fans? Like Hutchy says, their season ticket holders are not getting anywhere near value for money. Um, they're all they're doing really is getting a, a stream, uh, and we said before that the the the, the stream isn't that great. Um, obviously now. Comment, there are commentary issues because um, radio Suffer can't go into away games, that kind of thing. What they should be getting more, shouldn't they, Roscoe? They should be getting kind of more exclusive content, stuff tailored just for them to make them feel like, as you said, special because they're paying for stuff they're just not getting.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I know it's it's hard with current times and COVID and stuff, but you know, I've seen different clubs do like videos with players or even just Q and As. Like, I'm going to bring up good old Grant Pringle, formerly of Town, now at Newcastle. He's been doing a lot of Q and As with players, um, and I'm sure that, that, that will just engage fans with the players, um, even players they haven't actually seen do interviews before, um, mm-hmm. some of the new signings, and just just engage with the fans, with players, get to know them a bit more. Um, I think that's, people love that sort of behind the scenes stuff. I'm sure it'll be easy to do it now, because you could just go on Zoom and you know they can do it at home, and you know the media person can do it at home. Um, so stuff like that, I think, just to engage the fans and players. Um, you know, you can't just chuck free stuff, like, oh, here's a free shirt, is that, because that, of course, in the long term, that isn't good financially for the club, probably. But just little things like that, I think, just will engage the fans a bit more. And, you know, I don't know if they want to see a Lambert Q&A, probably not, <laughs> current state of affairs, but just stuff like that, just to engage the fans with some of the players. You know, I'm sure some of the kids would love to just ask a question, a funny question to one of the players, you know, what's your favourite? You know, cheese, cheese, and stuff like that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, what's an odd food combination (laughs) that you've tried?
0: Do you agree? Do you agree that Queen are overrated?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I bet Thomas Holy loves Queen.
0: Everyone loves. You're the only one who doesn't I unbelievable. Actually, I'm going to go on record now though and and go with a similar thing. You too, and I know this is going to hurt Matt, our big friend Matt, but um, you too, massively overrated, hugely overrated. I agree. done one good song with or without you the rest of it utter shite and and, and total 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 anger peaked for me U2 wise when they had the audacity to put their new album on my phone without me without me asking everyone got it around the world um that that enraged me because I th- honestly think U2 and Bono are uh, some of the most overrated things in the history of music stick that in your pipe and smoke it Hutchie I I couldn't care less for U two. I've got no. I've
2: got no. I've got no opinion either way. Um, Ross, you'll know the answer to this, I'm sure. Matt, Matt, is the U two reference in there? Is that where he sits at Portman Ridge? Yeah, that's where he sits. Right. Not because it, he
1: likes U two. He's not a massive Bono fan. He's no, a, no. He he's,
0: he's, he's, he's signs his name AKA Bono. I assume well, that he, it's
1: because his nickname been given by Segons.
0: Ah, okay. Cause, okay. Cause so he, he sits he,
1: the you two. I don't know he, if he's a big fan of you two. I, I, I think he's more into his rock and metal. I know you two are somewhat rock, aren't they? But I think he's more nah. into metal. So,
0: okay. So, yeah. Are you two easy listening? They're, um, they're not easy listening. They're, they're hard listening. Well, I think they're, <laughs> well, I think they're great. <laughs> Final question, Hutchie. One for us. James Gulk wants to know Will you be watching and who will win Super Bowl 55?
2: Uh, yes, I think the Chiefs will win. I'm, I'm all aboard the, Bra- the
0: Brady train, though, but I think the Chiefs will win. What a game, though. What a game between the, the, the kind of generally accepted greatest ever player in NFL history, Tom Brady, already won six Super Bowls against the guy who won the Super Bowl last year and could become the youngest ever player to win two Super Bowls, Patrick Mahomes, who is just otherworldly. Um, but I agree. I think the Chiefs are, are going to Chiefs gonna Chiefs by 10. Yeah, I can't see any, any other outcome. But if Brady manages to pull that out, oh, unbelievable. The man's 43 years old. You talk, we talk, we're talking about Luke Chambers and Stephen
2: Ward here as being kind of veteran pensioner fullbacks. He's played. Tom Brady has is, is made it to the Super Bowl in his first year on a brand new team at the age of 43. It's ridiculous. Freak, of, a, freak of nature. There are 30 professional quarterbacks at, like, in the world uh, and one of them is 43 years old and reached the reached the Super Bowl again. It's
0: outrageous. Absolutely. Stu, I know you're a big fan. What do you reckon? Yep. Yep, yep, good. Right then, boys, that's mailbag done. I enjoyed that. Roscoe, hit us with a strike. We've not had one for a while.
2: Hello and welcome to another edition of The Strike! Brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth,
0: producer, Ross!
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages.
3: Oh,
0: <laughs> Someone's, oh, know. Know. Someone's <laughs> written an intro.
1: <laughs> yeah, just uh, move my script over there. Yeah. Um, but, um, gentlemen, thank you for joining me on the strike once again. It's been a while. Um, I have made the strike into a themed strike this week. We're talking about loans. So, here we go more loans. Loans, loans, loans. So we have six loans. So I'm going to go and get. Hold on, hold on,
0: hold the phone. Is this? Have you changed the format? Because one of the things you always say was same, same format as ever. Oh, have you changed it?
1: Still the same format in terms of the the questions, but it's a loan theme.
0: It's just okay. I'm with you. Go, go. Yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, six questions for you. Starting off with the birthday boy, Darren Od.
2: It's also, uh, it's also Troy Parrott's birthday. Have you got a question on him as well? Uh, it's also,
1: it's also Reggie Lambs as well.
2: Not bothered no, I... about, not bothered <laughs> about that.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I'm out of birthday to Troy, Reggie, and Darren. But this question's on Darren <coughs> D. Uh, he joined town on loan from Celtic in 2010-11, uh, making 25 appearances. But which team did he went on to join after leaving Celtic? Was it Toronto FC, Colorado Rapids, or Vancouver Whitecaps?
0: Um I think it was I think it was uh Toronto.
1: Okay.
0: I, I also think it was Toronto. Toronto.
3: I, I, I also think it was Toronto. You're all correct.
0: Yes. Well yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Up next is Ricardo Filler. You had a brief loan spell at town from Southampton. He scored twice in three games and also got sent off. So not bad going for him. But he scored on his debut against which team? It was a two-nil win at Portman Road. Uh, was it Wolves, Leicester or Coventry City?
0: I think it was Leicester.
1: Okay.
3: I also think it was Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to shock you here. I'm going to say, I also think it was Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> it's Leicester. There we go. All right. Nicholas
1: Goodmundson.
0: Was well, that right, right, you?
2: Goodmundson.
1: Um, Goodmundson. You've added um, an extra syllable there,
0: which I prefer, is impressive. I've, I preferred your version, Ross, I've got to be honest.
1: Thank you. I think Nicholas does as well. Yeah, yeah he spent time on loan at town in 1997. But how many goals did he score in 10 games for the Blues? Once again, this is going to numbers game. The closest number gets the point.
3: I feel I should go first because I've, I've robbed the last two points off the back of you all. I'm going to say one.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm going to say none.
2: Okay. I'm going to say one as well.
1: It's three. Ah, oh. Three. So, point each for Stu and Andy?
2: Yeah, boy.
1: Okay, so it's three, three, two. Three more questions to go. Paolo Venanza.
2: Oh no,
1: <laughs> Venanza. <laughs>
2: where's the extra? Where's the extra N?
1: Venanza. <laughs> oh, I don't know what it is. Venanza. How do not another an Venanza. How'd you say it?
2: Venanza.
1: Venanza. Oh.
2: There's no. There's only one N in S- there.
1: Silent N. Silent N.
2: No, just no, N no, doesn't exist. There's, there's, there is no end,
1: but yeah, Polo uh, No, Paolo, <laughs> <that meant> time. <laughs> this is a shamble. Uh, but yeah, he spent time alone in uh, 1988.
2: Uh, 1990...
1: 1998, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, is what is going, going on? on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, joined, he spent time on town, uh,
3: town. your nan yeah, we... went on loan trips, which in 1988.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but from which club? Spurs, Arsenal, or West Ham?
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ!
0: I'm gonna say uh, Arsenal.
2: Okay, I'm gonna say Arsenal. <laughs> um,
1: I'll say Spurs. It's Arsenal.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Two more questions.
0: What's the um, score?
1: It's 4-3-3. Three, three. Hutchie is in the lead with four course
2: points. T- towns, yeah. for, town's formation. Yeah.
1: yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Mike um, Noble, of course, West Ham Royalty. Um, he spent time on, um, on loan at town in 2006, scoring his first professional goal at town against which team? Was it Coventry, Colchester or Hull City?
2: Was it Hull City?
1: Hull City. Hull City.
3: Old Mark Nobley.
0: <laughs> Uh What were the other options? Coventry? I assume
3: Andy's got it right, but I'll just say Colchester. one of the other ones. Coventry.
0: Uh, I'll say Colchester. What did Toucher say? He said Hull.
1: Oh, it's
3: uh,
0: Coventry. Yes. Oh, so, nice. um... In your
3: face. <laughs>
1: It's <laughs> tiebreaker time, then. Yeah. And um, I'm just going to... Am I
0: still in this? I'm not, am I? I'm yeah, out. No, you're, no, you're no, out, no. mate. It's Sorry. It's 4, four, four, okay. four. No, Turn
2: um, your microphone off.
0: I'll go. I'll go.
2: <laughs> go. You, you're done.
1: I just want to say, I want to share my thoughts to Alex McCarthy. Of course, Um can see the nine goals again, which is um, poor him. But, yeah, he spent on he spent time on Lola's out. Um, in 2012 uh, making 10 appearances from Reading But how many clean sheets uh, clean sheets
3: you... <laughs> how many clean sheets did he make in how
1: many in 10 games 10, 10 games he got sent off in one of those games as well
3: does that count as a clean sheet if he was if it was a no, if it was we'll nil when he went off I think we we'll were losing at the time okay <laughs> so it's definitely not 10 then <laughs> Uh, I think he kept five no, four I'll <laughs> take your first answer five okay. uh i'm gonna say i'm
2: gonna say three it's two,
3: the Hachi
1: has one
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, it's been a little while since we had a strike, but normal services resume with Hutchie winning and it being a complete and utter shambles, Roscoe. I'm sorry. Do you want Barry yeah. to do the outro? He's not got a lot else to do these days. I feel this increasingly, I feel sad with Barry doing
3: this outro and we're talking about right backs coming in. And it's just, yeah. Is it? Should we get Luke Matheson to record one? No, Dylan
1: Crowe's going to do it. Yeah. Is he? <laughs>
3: yeah. It's going to ring him up later.
1: <laughs> yeah. anyway Barry over to you my friend
3: hi guys Barry Cotter here that was another edition of The Strike with producer Ross tune in next week for another edition of The Great Quiz Show
0: There we go, boys. Right then, all that's left to discuss this week is Blackpool. Earlier in the season, the zenith of town's season, when when times were good, Luke Chambers scored an absolute thunder bastard, and town won four-one at Blackpool, and that was really where the season peaked. Um, this weekend, Blackpool are the visitors to Portman Road. Things are very different, obviously, for town now. I want to know, boys. Hutchie and Stewie and Ross, I want to know what you do with the team, bearing in mind they've just signed four lone players in this window. What are you doing with the team? Hutchie?
2: Um, I still think they're going to play the same system. I think three of them, I think Parrot, if Norwood's fit, I'd have Parrot on the bench. So, look, my team, my team would be Holy, this isn't necessarily what I think they'll do, although I am going with the system that I think they'll play. Mm-hmm. So I think I personally, I think I would go with Holy, Matheson, Chambers, Wolfenden, and there's a reason for that. Kenlock, Downs, Dizel, Harrop as the ten, Edwards and Thomas as the wingers, and Norwood up front. That would be that would be how I'd fill that fill that system.
0: What was uh, you said there was reasoning for the Wolfenden thing?
2: Well, I, what, what I actually think on form. I think McGuinness would. McGuinness is probably ahead of Wolfenden for that second centre back spot. But of all, I, I really think that Luke Wolfenden's got a higher upside right now, especially long term for Ipswich. And get him in the team alongside a, a, a senior, a senior centre back. I think that could really help him. I've never, I've never been convinced by those two youngsters together. It wasn't something that I was particularly excited about when it started to happen. Um and I think Wolfenden in particular has probably not benefited from being in that in that environment. I think he could benefit from being alongside Chambers. So that's why, while probably not a selection made on form, um that would be one that I would go with this weekend. I don't think
0: they will though. Mm. Uh, Stewie, what do you reckon? You agree with Hutchie there with the team?
3: Yeah, I think it probably will be that that system, that's pretty clear. Um I do have a sneaky feeling that wing-backs might return at some stage if things get – that could be the final roll of the dice from Lambert that, that gets you two strikers in and it retains three in midfield. Um, Matheson has played a bit of wing-back before. Guion Edwards has played plenty of, of wing-back um, in his career as well, which wouldn't be ideal, would it, when he's your top goal scorer and his best football's come? played further up the, the field, but um, at least that would give you the option to play two up front. Um, but no, I think the team will be very similar to what Andy said. I'm not, not sure if Harrop will go straight in. Obviously, he's only just had his 10 days of self-isolation. I don't think, I think his final day was on Monday from what I gather. So I think his first training session will have been Tuesday at the earliest. Um, someone who didn't have a great deal of football in his legs even before he came here with a few little injury uh, niggles hanging over his head. So, whether he gets chucked in straight away um, remains to be seen. Obviously, Bishop will be suspended. So, Judge would be the only other real real option I would I would think for that position.
0: OK. And Ross, what, what do you reckon? Is there anything you'd do left field with the team?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say it's my left field choice, but I'm sure Lambert will play Judge because he likes Judge. Um, but as Stu just said about Harrop, he may not be fully fit. So, maybe that's why Judge will start yeah. Um, but there's no other left field. Maybe Parrott may start. He may start all these lone players, possibly. Um, I think he could possibly drop Wolfie because of his form and bring McGinnison and have Chambers there. Um, and then, yeah, Kenlock, I think he did okay, you know, on his biggest credit sometimes. I think he will definitely.
0: Sometimes. <laughs> all the time.
1: I'm happy to praise him, you know. Yeah. Fine. He did well, yeah. You've completely
2: written him off as a footballer and a human being, but you will praise him now. <laughs> and you will, you will praise him now and again.
1: Yeah, hypocrite. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, 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 I think you just play. We'll play judge. There we
0: go. Okay. Uh, and as for the game itself, actually, Blackpool are only a, a place behind Town now in the table. Um, they've won their last games, uh, last couple of games, scoring seven, conceding none. What do you reckon for this weekend?
2: They were absolutely <clears throat> stripped to the bone in terms of available players for those games as well. They had a, a COVID outbreak in the club that I think there were seven or eight players out during those two games and they still got the wins there. They're, they're a team I'd always be wary of because of, just because of their personnel. Um, it sounds like they've come together a bit more as of a team as late. They're playing four four two, um, a bit more solid. They've Kind of ditched their early season experiments, so they're a team I'm always going to be wary of, simply because of Gary Medine, who's enjoying playing in a front two. Um, I think this one's going to be a draw, personally. I think I think
0: it could be either one-one or, or hopefully two-two. Desmond's an exciting game at last. What you, what are you expecting, Stewie?
3: Um. Keep going back to, to what I keep saying. I can't see Ipswich scoring twice and I, I can't see them keeping a clean sheet, which is just not a recipe for winning football games, is it? So, um, I, we'll find out what these new signings do. You can always sort of think, well, they're, they're going to inject a bit of youthful exuberance and a bit of extra quality and, and it could all happen. But um, I'm, I'm not sure it's all going to suddenly just click instantly on, on Saturday. Um, same as
0: Andy, probably tr- draw. Okay. Uh, uh, and Roscoe, we used to call you Rostradamus for your uncanny knack of getting uh, predictions right. What are you saying for this weekend?
1: Uh, well, I'm not going to say we're going to lose then just in case I do get, you know, right. Um, you know what? We're going to win.
0: Why oh. not?
1: Why not? Why not? These Why not? new, these new lo- loan signings will be, you know, that add that a bit of bite that we need, a bit of that creativity that we've lacked Um, and maybe a debut goal for one of the players. Why not? Um, Why not? uh, I don't see us scoring two goals,
0: so they have to be (laughs) 1-0. 1-0, there we go. So two draws and a win there from Roscoe. Fingers crossed we get a bit of a positivity, at least from this weekend and and the lone players inject something into the side, boys. Is there any, any other business before we go, before I go through my usual spiel? No, other I would say
3: for oh. for all of the excitement around what the new players are gonna bring, for me, the biggest thing is, is Norwood and Downs. Get them fit and firing and fiery. I still think that they are the key pieces of the jigsaw. Um the others will are, are gonna add sprinklings of stuff around the team, but those those two are the ones for me.
0: What is it? Fit, fiery and firing, Stewie. I like that. Yeah trademark watson um there we go then that's a nice way to finish please leave us a five-star review on itunes if you haven't already because that helps us greatly with the visibility in the in the itunes charts um and we do one day want to usurp the kings of leon's the top kings podcast and um, follow us on social media across all our social medias which is kings of anglia on youtube twitter facebook and instagram we've also been nominated for an award if you haven't really had time to speak about but maybe we'll talk about that close to the time what have we learned today friends well we've learned that the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl and we've learnt, shockingly, that Hutchie hates Queen. Unbelievable. I'll leave you with that. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game and we'll speak to you again next week. From
3: true crime to football, Brexit to Portugal, more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon Ridiculous in the club looking so conspicuous, and wow, these women all on the prowl. If you hold the head steady, I'ma milk the cow and forget about game. I'ma spit the truth. I won't stop till I get them in their birthday suits. So give me the rhythm, and I'll be off with the clothes. I bend over to the front and push and push patrol. <laughs> That's it, I'm done.